Your stories don't define you. How you tell them will. Hi, I'm Sarah Elkins, your host and chief storymaker of Elkins Consulting. Many of my clients reach out to me because they're in transition. Their children are hitting milestone ages. They want more from their work. They're hitting a big number birthday. And they want to develop clarity about their natural strengths, what their next adventure might look like. In this series, you'll hear me ask my guests questions to dig deeply into the stories that shaped their lives, stories that uncover patterns and may unveil insights into dissatisfaction and also where their strengths lie and where they found and continue to find joy. This podcast's intention is to have listeners think of their own related stories and how they tell them, discovering the internal messages that are limiting their success and discovering how to shift their stories so they become positive life lessons to move them forward. If you're curious about what it would be like to work with me, visit elkinsconsulting.com and schedule a one-time 90-minute StrengthsFinder session. Uncommon storytelling tip number three, share a story to connect with intention. This has been a fun series to create. I've been using concepts that I've learned through hosting this podcast for over 200 episodes, working with clients to improve their public speaking skills, providing keynote presentations and workshops on storytelling topics to build a series of uncommon storytelling tips to share with you. In episode 224, I shared the concept of reducing the perception gap. That's the difference between how you see yourself and how others see and experience you through story sharing. Episode 225 highlighted the use of everyday activities to build your story portfolio, which is a collection of meaningful moments in your days so you have simple and effective stories to share that demonstrate your character, your values, and your skills. This episode, number 226, is about using storytelling, or as I like to call it, story sharing, with the intention of connecting with a person you feel like you have nothing in common with, or a person you simply want to know better. In this episode, I'll share three ways to use that story sharing to connect with others. First, observe your audience so you know which story is likely to resonate. My dear friend is in love. This is a big deal because she has been through a lot over the past few years, including an ugly divorce, quite a few ridiculously bad dates, and at least a year of solitude because of the pandemic. The more I heard about him, the more eager I was to meet this guy. He sounded so sweet and thoughtful. The story she shared about him and about how they met and their first few dates put an image in my head that made him look a little like Wesley from The Princess Bride. Swoon. Ellie was so excited to introduce Jim to my husband, Bob, saying, Oh my gosh, Sarah, they're so much alike. They're going to get along like you won't believe. And of course, she wanted to know what we thought of him, not just as a person, but as a partner for her. After all the setup, my expectations were pretty high, for better or for worse. The date arrived for our guests to share dinner with us. I took special care to set the dining room table with candles, flowers, wine glasses, and our favorite cloth napkins. It was beautiful. When they arrived, I was in the kitchen, of course, 
putting the finishing touches on our small plated caprese salads. Sliced cherry tomatoes, bits of mozzarella cheese, torn fresh basil leaves, a sprinkle of smoked sea salt, and a drizzle of balsamic vinegar. Bob welcomed them in, taking their coats and offering them cocktails. As they made their way through the dining room and into the kitchen, I was pulling a perfectly roasted chicken out of the oven. I don't know what Jim expected. Probably not that level of preparation and presentation, because as he took in the dining room table, the salads, and came into the kitchen and saw the roasted chicken, he suddenly looked incredibly nervous. He started to fidget with the wine bottle in his hand, forgetting to hand it to me as we were introduced. But cocktails in hand, I figured it would be just a few minutes of awkwardness before the calm of one of Bob's famous concoctions would set in. I was wrong. It was a very long 20 minutes later when we were moving into the dining room from the kitchen as I plated our dinner, and Jim was still visibly nervous and feeling incredibly awkward. It was so hard to see all the amazing qualities Ellie had described to me. He hardly spoke in that time, and when he did, it wasn't at all what I expected. I knew, though, that Ellie was smitten with this guy, so it was important to me to give him the benefit of the doubt. Even Ellie seemed caught off guard by his behavior. She pulled me aside, whispering, I don't know what's going on here. He's not like this at all when we're together. What should we do? Ellie, what did you say to him about us? Why is he so out of sorts and so nervous? She took a moment, and then I saw her realization before I heard it. Oh my gosh, Sarah. (laughs) I probably put so much pressure on him about tonight without even thinking about it. I told him how smart Bob is, how intuitive you can be, and I might have even said something about this being the big test. But I was kidding! When we were all seated and Bob had poured the lovely wine Jim brought, I smiled at him, making sure I exuded every ounce of warmth I had. Number two, tell a story that demonstrates some vulnerability and relatability. When we sat down, I told a story about the first time I met Bob's family. They were extremely protective of him, and that first meeting wasn't at all what I had hoped for. As I finished the story, I looked straight at Jim and said, I'll bet you have a story like that too, some sort of misunderstanding. Tell us about it. He certainly did have a related story to share. It was about misreading a situation with his sister's husband a few years ago. It was hilarious. I asked how that relationship was now, and he smiled. My sister's husband tells that story every time I visit, and we have a really good laugh about it now. He's a good guy, and I think we're closer because of that incident. The rest of the evening was spent laughing, story sharing, and devouring good food and yummy dessert. Number three, ask questions to draw out details of the story to demonstrate curiosity and care. All it took was knowing which story to share and which questions to ask to reveal this man's confidence and character. And yes, I'm happy to report that we really like this guy for Ellie. 
which was a relief to both of them and to us. Remember the previous uncommon storytelling tip about collecting meaningful moments from your days? Being able to share the right story to unlock the story of the person in front of you will be a whole lot easier and natural to apply when you've been collecting your stories in a story portfolio. Be sure to subscribe to the Your Stories Don't Define You podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you can continue to pick up more of these uncommon storytelling tips. Thank you. Could you tell me that you're going away?